You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We've made it to Season 3, Episode 19, the one with the tiny t-shirt. Hi, I'm Ryan, and I can just go home and get back it in by myself. Hi there, I'm Mark, and I was wondering if you'd like to go to a movie with me sometime as my lover. <laughs> Pretty much the two best lines <laughs> yes. in the whole episode. I, for me, that's that's like Gumpher's probably like line of the whole TV show, just as my lover. As my lover. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he says it, it's just, just brilliant. It's Absolutely really perfect. Is. It's full of like creepy comedy it looks like it's really creepy and if you actually said it you'd be like oh my god lock this man up anyone who calls their partner or potential partner lover like it's got real adam's family feel to it yeah i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> just i don't yeah i don't get it i don't know what you're trying the, the, yeah they're saying creepy about it. you you go she went oh this is my partner or this is my girlfriend this is my boyfriend that's fine so when you go this is my lover it's like ugh. To me, lover sounds like the kind of like you'd, you'd be dating someone and you go on a few dates, but then yeah. once you've actually had sex, you'd be like, my lover. Just, just <laughs> be like, you know, Everyone this, needs this to know. This confirms that it happened. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> but no. Well, before we get into this episode, uh, you know, I, I've read Matthew Perry's book, as I mentioned in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. I finished it now. And it's given me some insight into into these episodes because he mentions these episodes very briefly like end of season three okay it's basically when his sort of addiction is happening and now i'm watching like him quite keenly uh certainly like he mentions in the book like he he lost a lot of weight between like halfway through season three and the end and i'm like yes he has like like i it's something you kind of notice around this time anyway like you you see his look change uh certainly when he gets the goatee and stuff like that but yeah, like now he's like pointed out some things in the book. I'm like really paying attention to it and noticing some things. Oh. So he, he talks in the book about how he was never high or drunk or whatever, um, like during the, the filming of the episodes. But he was the night before. Like he basically would be like, yep, I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking and stop. And he would turn up and he might be hung over or whatever for these, but then he'd be like, no, I'll be on form and I would be there for them and I'd get through it and be fine. You're like, "Mm, really? Like, it doesn't quite work that easy, right? I mean, like, he's an actor, I guess. So if if there's anyone who's capable of not seeming like they're on a hangover, it would be an actor. Um, It's weird that he was able to regulate the addiction so well, I guess. Yeah. Like, so most of the time you think of an addict and you think of someone who can't control their cravings and, you know, indulges continually. But the fact that he was like, I need to continue to drink and then managed to kind of mask it enough to go to work and, and shoot an episode. Yeah, I, I guess for at this point, this is kind of more the start of his addiction. So, you know, he talks about he was, um, he was taking Oxycontin, I think, at, at some point, which is like a, a pain relief medication, which a lot of American actors seem to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, it sounds like the whole Michael Jackson thing of, you know, actor says, oh, I've got this pain. Doctor just goes, here you go, have all these. Yeah, have this, this drug. Give me all the money and you can have all the drugs sort of thing. Uh, so it seems like it's at the start. So hopefully, like, you know, it's not too bad compared to later on in his life. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting watching it. And certainly he mentions um, Rachel or Jennifer Aniston, and, you know, how he was, like, massively attracted to her and, you know, 
basically told her at the start of uh, Friends, and she oh. she kind of said no, not interested. Uh, which makes me feel sorry for you know Monica and Phoebe because no one ever says yeah I really fancied them. <laughs> it's always Jennifer Aniston they fancied, right? <laughs> it's true. Uh, and he's like, but he talks about you know how he had to deal with like being opposite her the whole time, and you know it feels like there there was like this like slight tension of where like she's like yeah I know you're into me but I'm not into you, and it's he's like yeah okay I've moved on, but it's still kind of there lingering because he does bring up in the book that later on he does mention it again in one of the seasons you're like oh okay and certainly from my perspective like i've always thought that rachel and chandler have this weird chemistry anyway where they they kind of like they, they kind of get on well but they kind of don't and it's almost like and you will see it in the next episode for sure where they they can be close to each other but you know that if like monica wasn't there or ross that they would never ever speak to each other ever again yeah, I can't see them particularly hanging out, just the two of them. Yeah, so I, I do wonder if some of that is coming through from, you know, Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry. Um, you know, in the back of their minds, there is this kind of like little bit of tension there, knowing what the true feelings are. It's, I have no idea what this, oh, this opinion is based on, but I, I have the feeling that Matthew Perry would have found it harder than Jennifer would have. And Jennifer would like, yeah, he's into me. Okay, whatever, next. Like, yes. just not in a mean way, just in no, yeah. what, what is she meant to do with the information? Like, someone's attracted to her, she's not attracted to yeah. them. Okay, the end. Like, it, that's the kind of thing that you forget, I guess, easier than the person who has the feelings. Because yeah. to you, it's just, okay, they've told me this information and I don't feel the same way. So now I have to feel awkward and, like, you know, reject them. But yeah, certainly he mentions that. He's like, you know, I have to look at her for, like, you know, five seconds and then just, like, push it out of my brain and be like, yes, I'm talking to her. It's fine. I mean, that's a bit weird. Well, in uh, in terms of acting, right? Like he's, you know, he's 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 talking to her, going like, "Look, I I'm attracted to you. I fancy you, whatever." And then it's like, "No, nope, I'm doing a scene now. I can't think about that right now. Got to remember that you're Rachel now. We're doing our scene." So, I find that weird. No, I I kind of understand where he's coming from with that. I mean, there's there've been people in the past that I've been attracted to, and it's you know not gone anywhere, or as the internet like I got friend zoned or whatever, and it wouldn't be okay. So like every time I see them, I'd have a flutter and be like, "Oh, there's insert name again." <laughs> I don't know. You mm. you say that <laughs> I'm at work now. Get over it. Like it just it was you know it was that was a thing for a while, yeah. And then eventually, I just it would just leave my mind, and I'd be like, "Cool, there's that." Person well, well I think I think that's what he he gets at in the book. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting watching these episodes now, knowing kind of more details of the information that he's provided so i i would i'm not going to read the book i'm going to listen to the book okay um because we discussed last week and i've discussed off the air that sometimes it's hard to tell his tone when he yes. makes what are your humans jokes otherwise they're quite mean-spirited whereas if i listen to it i can work it out um and i recently ended up getting a contract for someone in my family and part of that was like a free audible subscription for six months audible sp- sponsor us yeah, do it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, they listen to us. They should yeah. listen to books too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and also I'm just going to It's like 17 hours. And yeah. I'm like, has it take that long to read a book? I, I, you got to remember that when you're reading a book that you're reading it quickly. You're not going like... And then this time I went to the shops. He's like, you know, he's going to pace it. I hope there's some tangents in there for, to justify a 17-hour listen time. No, it's... You know, it took me, you know, a couple of evenings for and a couple hours each evening to read through the book. 
Uh, and certainly, you know, if he's going to read it, he's going to pace it slower than me reading it. So, yeah, 17 hours makes sense. I might have to steal the book from you and read it while I listen to it. So, A, my eyes are got something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and B, I can see what works better. Oh, it's going to be annoying when he says things that are different to the book, though, right? Like, just slight like, sentence differences. Yeah, I remember um, seeing an interview with Stephen Fry once about narrating the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Um, and there was a line he said he couldn't say where it's like Harry pocketed it and he couldn't he couldn't yeah. get it out of his face. Um, so he called uh, J.K. Rowling and was like, is it okay if I say Harry put it in his pocket? And she was like, no, really, it is it's written. Um, but her logic was that it always annoyed her and her kids when they'd be reading a book and having the audio on to help with their, their language skills. Yeah. And when they would get to a line that was different, it would be, oh, wait, I don't know those words because they're not on the page or yeah. you know, they're being said differently. So, yeah, word for word. But I would like some tangents because people like tangents. Yes, they do. <laughs> But I suppose we should get into the episode. Yes, we should. Um, well, as always, we open on Central Park, but this time we get a nice dose of Gunther. Here you go. Thank you. Say, Rachel, I was wondering if you'd like to go to a movie with me sometime. As my lover. <laughs> mm, too out there. Maybe you'd just like to get something to eat with me sometime. As my lover. Hi. Hi. All right, let's go shopping. Um, you know, before we go, uh, there's something I need to say. Oh, okay. I've kind of had this, uh, this crush on you. But since you were with Ross, I, I, I didn't do anything about it. But now that you're not, I'd really like to ask you out sometime. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Now. Wow. Um. I dropped a cup. Okay. This is my joke. My joke. Oh, let's get yeah. in there, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting for you to go do it again, but uh. Yeah. No. I. Just a, an amazing scene, like, as we always say, Gumphrey is fantastic. We said at the very start of this episode. But just the way it plays out and the way he smashes all the plates in the background, not just once, but, like, you can see there's multiple, like, drop-ins. Then he just comes out and just goes, I dropped a cup. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, it's just the, the lover line, just the way he says it, the tone, everything about it just is perfect. So, yeah. My favourite line of this episode. I might clip the audio and get it uh, saved as my text message alert when you text me. <laughs> as my lover. <laughs> oh, you're going to get some weird looks eventually. Yeah. Who's who's messaging you? <laughs> my friend Mark. We do a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, they'll be like, okay. okay. <laughs> what kind of podcast is it? It's about friends. As my lover. <laughs> yeah. But poor Gunther. I mean, I mean, you know, at the same time, he should take his shot, right? He uh, if every. Every TV show, and uh, Joey has this issue as well. The guy is just in his head, just going like, "I wish I should say this." He's like, "Just say it." What's you know? What's probably going to happen is one of two things: one, you're going to be rejected, or two, they might actually be a little bit into you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can move on. Like uh, certainly being rejected probably would allow you to be like, "Okay, well, no, that gives me the sight to move on." You know, there isn't going to be a chance, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, so he should have taken his shot. And you can see, you know, by Mark doing it, Mark's like, yeah, do you want to go out on me? Done. Yeah. I mean, this is men. I'm, I'm not quite <laughs> Ross. It's funny, but, but yeah, Ross was right about it. Um, and it doesn't excuse any of his jealous behavior that he exhibited during the whole saga. 
And as much as I kind of want to hate on Mark, and I, I've been in the rough situation where I'm convinced that I'm right and I'm told I'm wrong. And then when you find out you're right, like the vindication, even yeah. if it makes you're actually miserable about it, it's still like, I knew it. <laughs> like, and you know, so I feel vindicated for Russ. But at the same time, I can't hate on Mark for this. He's done exactly what he should have. You know what I mean? He, he liked Rachel. He was dating someone. She was dating someone. He kept it to himself. Him. Well, we don't know that he liked Rachel ever at this point. We do, though. Cause no, we don't. We've all seen Ross. Yeah, we, we, we know, no, we we've know. seen Ross be like neurotic and upset, but Mark has never shown anything of like, hey, I want to date you or anything, really. But like when Ross asked Joey about a man never nice for women, and Joey goes, no, just for sex. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, it was obvious. It was obvious to... I think like men watching the show are like, yeah, Mark wants himself some uh, yeah. sex. And women may be like, no, Mark's just nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Russ was correct, but Mark Mark played it well. You know what I mean? He, well, yeah, she, she's single. He's perfectly within his rights to ask her out at this point. Yeah, and I also like how he's like, I want to ask her out sometime. And then he's like, that's what I'm going to do. Just the, I don't know why it reminded me of this, but you know when someone says they owe you an apology or they want to apologize yeah. and end as if that's the apology? I'm like, no, no, you actually need to yeah. say the words, I am sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Actually do it then, Mark. Yeah. Um, but I do feel bad for Gunther, but he should just take his shot because I'm sure everyone in life at some point has had that that one story of probably more than once where you've gone oh this probably isn't going to go the way i want it to but i'm going to tell this person how i feel or ask this person yeah. out and you're pretty sure you've got no chance in the world but you can't not do it because well, i suppose you could not do it I don't, I'm, that's not yeah. how my brain works i don't like lingering on things but you do it and then you get the answer you wanted and you're like oh my god and you get like really excited yeah. because you're like oh my god but yeah so good for sure just go for it well, Who well, knows? well i guess the worst is you know building yourself up to it and just as you're about to say it the other guy comes in and they're like, yes, I'll date them instead. Also, this doesn't stop Gun for asking her out, which is... No. <laughs> like no. he... Hi, would you like to go out with me as well? Like, he would have to pick his moment, but yeah, he can still do it. She yeah. doesn't work there anymore. Nope. There's no attachment, so he's fine. Just bit, well, I mean, yeah. I guess it, you know, people overthink things, don't they? Like, is it too soon? Should I ask? Is it weird? Just ask. Yeah. Like, you're going to get the answer one way or the other. Yeah, there's never going to be that perfect moment ever, just... Do it and hope for the best. Exactly. As the great one said, Mark, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> it's true. Um, we then find Pete dropping Monica home after a great date. And he leans in for a kiss, Mark. See, he's taking his shot. Yep. Uh, and she swiftly moves her head to the side and pecks him on the cheek before darting into her apartment. Ouch. Yeah. Just. I mean, I, I think you feel like that's the way you can always tell how a date has been is at the, the doorstep if you are a gentleman and you have dropped them off. Um, you know, how that awkwardness goes. And I feel like normally there's uh, the awkwardness is the, you know, do you kiss them or not? And sometimes that leads to, do you want to come in? And that's the way to negate the awkwardness, but that could also be a positive sign as well. I don't know. I've not experienced it. You, you don't, you don't, you're like, bye, no. you, go, you, you go off into the, the night. I hope you don't get attacked. Walk down the dark anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I've either kind of like fallen into a relationship or not had a date end at the door. Right. If, if you, well, I, I, I guess you've been pretty sure that they're into you rather than meeting someone for the first time and just being like, hey, let's get to know each other. Yeah. That's, that's the most polite way of phrasing yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine it would be super awkward. Like, oh, okay. I guess. I mean, you can normally tell during the date how someone feels, but there is the awkwardness at the door. It's like, okay, we have not got to know if like this is a boundary that you can cross yet. I guess I'm I'm oblivious most of the time, to yeah. be fair, and 
Probably not as oblivious as I make out, to be no. honest. But there are times where I just don't notice. So sometimes I literally need to be told, like, are you coming in? Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh! <laughs> why, why would I want to do that? My house is this way. <laughs> but, but it's getting... Oh, wait. <laughs> like, Have you got a kettle? I need tea. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why people normally invite you in. That, that's normally a good sign that they actually want to spend at least more time with you, even if they're not interested. So it's yeah. a positive sign. I think the, the strangest transition I had from date to, to the date carrying on was... You can come take my dog for me with a walk if you want. Which wasn't a euphemism. We just take the dog for a walk. <laughs> yeah. But was just, just like... Yeah, what is that? Is that... I like to hang out with you and that's it? I mean, the date went very well. Yeah. Um, it was just... I was oblivious up until the point where I was at her house and, you know, it was suddenly like 11 o'clock in the evening and clearly I was not going home. Yeah. Um, but it took all of that for the penny to drop and I was like... Uh... Yeah, people, people should just make it clear. I'm just stupid. <laughs> like it's entirely on me it's never on them it's always on me and my complete obliviousness to most things to be fair um but when monica does get into her apartment it's full of people who don't live there <laughs> yes always <laughs> it's always uh, ross chandler and phoebes uh, and the gang ask her how the date with the millionaire went mr millionaire new from snooty playthings <laughs> third wife sold separately <laughs> he's great i mean we have such a good time together he's so funny and so sweet, and I'm not attracted to him at all. Still? No, it's driving me crazy. I mean, in every other way, he's like the perfect guy. He has everything. Plus, he actually has everything. Life-sized Imperial Stormtroopers from Sharper Image? Two. Wow, can Joey and I put them on and fight? <laughs> oh, mommy. Oh, daddy. I am a big old baddie. I guess he must have gotten the part in that play. Oh. Yeah, either that or Gloria Estefan was right. Eventually, the rhythm is going to get you. I know, Mark. It was a long clip, but it's bookended by two great Chandler jokes. Yep. So I couldn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, have you ever been in a situation where everything about the person you've got on a date with has been amazing, but there's just something holding you back? I think that's probably a different question to what you want to ask. Because, yeah, there's there's always going to be something where, I wouldn't necessarily use the word holding back, but you're like, mm, that's not quite perfect. Explain. Well, you know, you're never going to find the perfect person, are you? The, the, you know, like Chandler, they, their nose might be too big. Or, oh, okay. you know, they, they, they might breathe funny or eat with their mouth open. You know, there's going to be lots of things you like about someone. I think what you actually want to ask, have you met someone who you've actually gotten really well with and then just not wanted to date? I guess it's kind of the same question. I wasn't really thinking no. of like, if you found the perfect person, it was more, has there ever been everything there apart from one essential thing? Essentially, I guess in Monica's like an attraction, like they're fun and they're like, essentially, because to me, they'd just be a friend. I'd, I wouldn't be dating them. No. Like, I'd know straight away if I wanted to date them or not, but then we know that Monica's been kind of press ganged into this date almost. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so because normally... For me, you know, it comes down to, to personality more than looks. Uh, there's never been anyone I've been like, wow, they're, they're amazing, but i you know, gone on a date and they've been really boring and empty because I would have known that beforehand, so I wouldn't have been that interested. I can go, yes, certainly they're, they're attractive, but I'll be like, we're not going to get on. Fair. So for me, yeah, it's, I don't think there's ever been anything that's ever put me off where I'm like, hey, they're amazing, but I don't like their looks or one other item, you know? I mean, it's probably definitely preferential to 
essentially fall for someone and I guess sue them in a different light as the cliche yeah. goes because you know you've got to know them on a personal basis then going oh wait a minute I like this person and now I find them hot yeah whereas I've been on dates where it's been like oh this person's really hot and I'm just like oh my god they're so boring like you're not hot anymore because yeah. you're that dull and you're not funny I get really annoyed on dates when I have to keep up all of the the humor yeah I've, cer uh, I've certainly met people where you know the the chat has been great either like via text messages or whatever right and then you meet them and you go Oh, you can't talk in real life. Like you're you're fine to chat to, yep. You know, virtually, I guess, in some ways. But yeah, you meet them and they're like, oh, they they want you to carry the whole conversation. And we'll probably get into this in the next episode with Chandler and Joanna. Uh, but yeah, I've certainly been in situations like where they're like, yes, I had a great time. And I'm like, did you? Because I was quite bored. I was bored. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that's more of a common thing nowadays in dating, given that you know we have a generation that was kind of dating through technology i guess in the sense of it wasn't really around and it was and it, it but it wasn't yeah. as ubiquitous as it is now no. whereas nowadays do you have people that are amazing conversationalists through you know text message or snapchat or whatever um and then when you do actually meet them they, their brain doesn't work that way where they haven't got the back and forth yeah. like a good conversation it would just be oh this guy is really funny when he's got an hour to think about his response yeah. but trying to actually be funny or attentive in person not so much no yeah i think for me, like, I grew up in the age where, you know, text messages were big, especially in the UK, right? And you would get, like, people's numbers randomly or people be like, hey, do you want to chat to my friend? Or my friend's here with me. Do you want to chat to them sort of thing? And you'd be like, okay, well, I'll text them as well. Why not? Uh, and then obviously, you know, MSN and stuff like that. But, yeah, and then when it comes to the, the more modern dating apps, I guess, like, it's probably the same thing, isn't it, where you are just texting each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be different than if you, you met in person. Um, yeah, may, maybe it's worse now because you you have more information to to build up in your mind what they're like. Whereas before, if you was like, "Hey, I'm texting," you know, your friend Emma, and then her friend Jane is there with her, and she's like, "Oh, Jane wants to talk to you as well because she's bored." And you're like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Yeah. Well, I guess as all people, I think people have less patience with dating nowadays because you've got such a wider net to cast. Like, I've certainly heard that from friends, especially, well, even even you, if you've been like, hey, you know, I'm on this dating app and, you know, met someone I, I think they're all right, but there's a million other people out there who might be better. Yeah, I mean, for the most part on dating apps, I tend to find that there's just the conversation dies down really quickly and I'm, they, they don't engage me in, oh, intellectually makes it sound like a right well ask, no it's, it's when but... you it's when you talk to people and you'll be like hey so what are your hobbies and they're like i like hiking i like swimming and that's the end of the conversation like you're meant to return like that's the back and forth of getting to know people is you are you, even if you don't know what to talk about just ask the question in reverse a, a red flag or oh, not a red flag that's a bit dramatic but uh, i guess a, a caution point for me is yeah. always oh what are your hobbies uh socializing with friends yeah. and i'm like that's not a hobby. It's a, it's a basic <laughs> evolutionary psychological need. I, <laughs> I do remember friends showing me uh, some of like the responses they got where it'd be like, hi there, uh, my hobbies are hiking. It's like, you don't hike, you live in the city, there's nowhere to hike here, first off. Uh, that seems to be the generic, I don't have any hobbies. This is a good answer that no one can question me on because walking is hiking. Like, well, but where have you been hiking? And then yeah. it's just like, because I'm probably honest to a fault sometimes. Um, and very open. So sometimes, what do you have is riding? I'm like, I like Warhammer. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah they're, they're gone. I should probably tell them I go hiking instead. But but then the the other answers are normally like, you know, I love my friends, I love my family. Well, of course you do. Like everyone does, right? Yeah. Uh, I love going out, but I like staying in sometimes as well. Really, that's unusual. You like doing two things. 
They're opposites. Yeah, it's like trying to date a politician. You just can't get yeah. a straight Yeah, answer. I like going to the cinema. I like to watch Netflix. Great. Everyone does it. Like, tell me something that's, like, different and unusual. Because, you know, if you told me that you don't watch TV, maybe that's more unusual and interesting and discussion and talking point. It's like, why don't you watch TV? What's not interesting to you? Have you seen this program? Like, what do you do instead of looking at the box in the corner of your room? When I was single and on dating apps... I would, there'd be plenty of people because geek culture is somewhat popular now. Yep. They would put geek culture in their profile, like, I like Marvel and I like this. <laughs> and then we'd start having conversations. And it sounds gatekeepy, but I don't mean in a gatekeeper way. But there's sometimes, especially like with things like Star Wars, I almost want people to qualify their level of fandom. Not in a prove to me you're a fan, just let me know what you're into so I know how deep I can get into it. Like if someone was to say to you and I, oh, I like friends. That's a different conversation yes. when you're having it with you and I as opposed to, you know, offering Chris, for instance. Like, well, yeah, if you went up to someone and was like, would you like to be my lover? And they're like, what? You're like, like that's a joke from friends. They're like, oh, is, is it? It's like, yeah, you told me you like friends. Yeah, like if I met someone jump and then I was like, oh, Nagi, and they yeah, got it. I'm yeah. like, okay, we, we can talk about yeah. friends in a much different way than, than other people. And for a lot of geek stuff, that that's similar on, on dating apps. Where... Did, did you ever say, have I ever told you when I went uh, uh, hiking... Uh, through backpacking the mountain, in yeah, back, backpacking <laughs> in the mountains. You know, did you ever do that? And then they went, "No, tell me more." And you're like, "Oh um, dear." I mean, friends has never really been a prerequisite <laughs> for my day in life. You know, but it would be broad be it's a real it's a book about mine in general. But it would always be oh, Game of Thrones always came up. Well, like when I was on day in life, ah, oh, it was crap at the end. Like, Why well, oh, bad writing? And I'd be like, "How so?" As you know, as a bit of a writer nerd, I'd be like, "Oh, what do you mean?" And then there was just no response. It was been <laughs> oh, it was bad writing, wasn't it? And I'm like, in what sense? Like, did you not find the dialogue enjoyable? Did you find that was the pace enough? Well, what what was it about it? Was the drawing gaps in logic with the plot holes? Like, I wonder why no one wanted a date. <laughs> but I mean, it just it became one of those things, and it, this is a bit more tangent, I guess. It's just that it became the the default response for complaining about something with a justification. So rather than just turning around saying I didn't like the end because oh, the writing was bad or the writing was poor, and I'd be like, in what sense? And people would be like. Well, uh, and they didn't have an answer. Some people yeah. did. Some people were like, or they'd like misunderstood bits, I guess. Like, oh, like when the bell was made Daenerys go crazy at the end. Spoilers. And I'd be like, the bells didn't make her go crazy. What are you talking about? The bells made her go crazy. Well, the bells <laughs> rang when, when the city got attacked and they've like built this joint theory that's completely out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, okay, fair. But at least they had a reason. Yeah. But people just go, it's bad writing. And it's, this, it's because, especially in like nerd culture, it's became this get out of jail free card for whinging about something and that's your your justification yeah what you need to justify i don't know there's plenty of things that i've watched that i don't like and i don't need to criticize the production quality to to tell you i don't like it i just don't like it but i guess going back to the original tangent is people saying they're into something to make them seem interesting and when you like dig deeper they're just being quite generic yeah just giving the popular answer because they know you know that's how they can get away with it. Which I find really odd because if you're into something like weird, not weird, I guess that's a bad phrase to use. If you're into something that I know nothing about, yeah, I'm curious most of the time. So if you'd managed to pique my interest by like 1% because you're into, I don't know, the migratory patterns of swans in a particular part of Asia, I'm really going to be like, tell me more. Even if it, in theory is a really boring conversation, it's something I've not heard before and I'm going to get really interested. So you may as well be open and honest because... I'm going to find out on the date that you're boring anyway. Well, I, you I, might think I'm boring. So. I, I think that it's more comes down to you. And I would probably be actually the same. Like, yeah, if you've got a interesting like fact or information or whatever that I've never heard, yeah, I want to want to know about that. That, make, that shows me your personality and your passions. Yeah. But I feel like most people out there would be like, oh, 
You don't like the the popular culture of the day sort of thing. I don't want to be with you. So I, I kind of get why people are just like, yes, I like whatever's popular right now. Yeah, it's, it's just, to seem normal. You know, that, that's the whole thing. People want to be normal and you've got to be the same as everyone else. It's like, no, like, it's okay to be different now. I just haven't got the time. Like, I'm not going to make up a version of me that, that is more palatable because let's face it, that mask's going to fall off pretty quickly. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't go off on tangents ever. I'm really, <laughs> really precise with my words. Yeah. And then, then two hours into the day and I'm still talking about why is the pepper salt or pepper and salt shape like that. I don't know. But yeah, still. But yeah, that was a massive tangent based on a really small question. Yes. So I, I guess we should get back into the episode. Um, but yeah, she's, she's not attracted to him, which you know, is frustrating, I guess. Um, and then Joey stormed in, as you may remember from the clip we played 10 yeah. minutes ago <laughs> about joey and i don't know what he's on about with, i am a big girl baddie i don't know what that song is I but mean, I yeah it. i feel like you know same with the stormtroopers from sharper image i'm assuming that's a reference of the time for, for americans i assume sharper image are the company that made the high-end stormtrooper suits at the time yeah and i'm guessing this you know what he's singing is probably something that's popular at the time as well I just assumed Joey made it up and was just spitballing on top of his head and he's just super excited about whatever's going on. Like, I don't know, like you like dance from the ground. I like fuzzballs, the fuzzballs, mm, the fuzzballs. And then I just feel like... Yeah, okay, I don't Mark, make up songs like right, you do. Mark's got a new licensee, fair enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? I would just work out what was going on. Um, but Joey has got a part in a play uh, and we join Joey at the theatre meeting his castmates. Uh, one of them is Kane Miller, um, otherwise known as Dean and Mayer. Or always just sees Dizzy from Starship Troopers, no uh, matter what else she does. Starship Troopers is a great film. It is a great film. Not for kids, but it's a great film. Yeah. It kind of missed the point of the book. Um, sort of. I've, I've never read the book. I think the film's fantastic. So it's by Paul Verhoeven, who did Robocop and Total Recall. And all his films that he does, he did Basic Instinct as well. Uh, all his films, though... He like he he kind of messes around with like American culture and looks into that in depth, right? Um, at the same time, a lot of his films when he made them, he's like, yeah, I hate, I kind of hate American culture. So this was just me like taking the mick out of it, and it's like, no, actually, subtly, you've you've kind of hit on something that's quite dystopian and has become real. Well, the the part of the book was essentially criticisms of the way America treats its military and its troops and how it kind of idolizes the troops and yeah. you're only a worthy citizen if you serve the country in this certain way, which is a lot of the, the themes in Star Trek Troopers in the movie. But in the movie, because it's an action film, it kind of glorifies the military at the same time as trying to condemn it. And it's yeah. just a bit of a mixed message. But I do agree. It is a very, very fun film. And the brain book's disgusting. <laughs> just, ugh, if you've not seen Star Trek Troopers, just ignore the like 74 follow-ups. Just watch the first one. Yeah. Just, just grim. Um, but yeah, that's I'll always see her, no matter what she's in. She could be playing a nun in a psychological horror movie, and I would still be like, Sasha Troopers! Like, <laughs> some people, I think sometimes, unfortunately for them, you see them in a role, and they're for that forever. Yeah, I can remove actors from what they're, they're, they're known for. Like, you know, if I see Tom Cruise, he, he's, you know, he's Maverick in Top Gun. He is, you know, whatever in some other film. Like, I don't see him as Tom Cruise. So you're telling me you could watch Johnny English... And see Rowan Atkinson and not Mr. Bean. I would see Johnny. Yeah, I'd see Johnny English. You know, I'd see I'd the see character. Him. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very. I want to say face blind. Like I know who the actors are, but I just get drawn into whatever they're doing and just believe that they're the character. Fair. 
I, I'm not very good at actors, like anyway. Like if you know, if uh, if if Dina actually came up to me in person, I wouldn't be like, oh yes, you're the uh, the actress from Stormship Troopers as well as Friends. I'd just be like, who are you? Hello. I I, I, rec- <laughs> I might reckon I'd be like, I know you from somewhere, but I don't know why. Like it's it's more that kind of thing. You have great hair. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> a bit bad. It, um, but she uh, will be the female lead Joey will be working with. Uh, but Joey's famous now, Mark, because Kate recognizes Joey. Um, but it's not as Dr. Drick and Maury from Days of Our Lives. It's from his milk advert. <laughs> Which, let's face it, it's Joey's best. Mm, now I can have milk every day. Yeah. Uh, but clearly from her comments about Joey being a soap actor, uh, Kate's a bit stuck up. I did actually think she was going to recognise him from his uh, STD adverts, yep. which I think would have been funnier than the milk one, but the milk one's bigger and more recent. Uh, yeah, she is. She's like, oh, I think a lot of actors are like this. Like, oh, you come from soap, do you? Like, you're not a real actor. And it's like, well, just because you're in a fancy, like, Broadway play doesn't make you the best actor. No. And and yes, soap actors can be corny or whatever, but that's because that's the, the medium of, of the, the shows, I guess. And certainly you see this with... Um, like, shows, TV shows like animes and whatever, where people are like, oh, this is really corny and, you know... The animations like this, like, yeah, because they're trying to pump out like so much stuff that they, you know, you could have the best actor in the world doing something. But if you're going to put them in the situation where they don't have the budget and time and means necessary to put it off, they are going to put off the same sort of details, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I find it a really weird criticism for soap actors. Now, yes, sometimes it's not the most, I guess, high brab of performances, you could say. Um, so... I kind of get it, and I guess it depends on the quality of the soap and how you see the soap. Yeah, but if they're doing like five episodes a day, yeah, I was gonna uh, say a week, sorry, like yeah, you're not going to have the time to to be a thespian. You're just going to be like, quick, we've got to knock this out. Yes, the writing's not the best because they don't have time to hone it in. It's the same way like a a British comedy show, you know, is only six episodes long for the season and is brilliant from start to finish. And American comedy is twenty four episodes a season and you know has its moments. Yeah, fair. Um. Well, but you basically hit my point on the head. I was going to say, for a play, you maybe got, what, a six-week rehearsal time before yeah. you do a run of however long, and then I guess doing the run reinforces your rehearsal because it's the same thing you're doing over and over again. And doing a movie, you'll have, I don't know, two-month shoot, depending on how big yeah. the movie is, and you do scenes out of order, and you've got your script there, and you can reshoot things constantly. But the pace that soap actors have to move at where they're recording an entire like month's worth of episodes in a week because that's how the schedule's hit, yeah. and they've got to learn all this stuff. Like I think they'd barely kind of... They're much better at their craft than I think they're given credit for by a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know if that's the difference between British soaps and American soaps, though. I don't watch many soaps and any, if at all, if after, maybe I'll watch it at Christmas in EastEnders. This year's going to get shot this year. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it, that seems to be the cliche. But English soaps, t- for the most part, tend to be very dramatic and very, the acting is very good normally. They're very, there's a, oh, I can't remember what the actress is called. A, a British show set on a farm called Emmerdale um, had a serial killer plot that lasted about a year and the actress in that was demented and fantastic and I started watching it because I caught an episode a bit of an episode making a cup of tea and went what's this crazy lady doing she'd be murdering people and I was suddenly hooked and then her performance was so great that I watched Emmerdale for like three months and then stopped because it got boring again Um, and it's hard to believe that all this stuff happens in a tiny English yeah and no Um, one knows who did it but they've just cast uh, what's her name uh, Millie Gibson as the new companion in Doctor Who. Okay. Um, and she was in Coronation Street. She's a great actress. Um, and obviously Doctor Who is probably the biggest British show. One of them, yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a different ref, I think, in the UK compared to the States where you've got that kind of sunset drive, smell the fart acting. um, And it's all really weirdly lit and shot and lingering like, no. I'm his twin. And then he's like, dun, dun, dun. And you've got like a seven second well, shot. That's, defi- that's definitely Joey to a T though, right? Yeah. So maybe he's not the best. Well, he definitely isn't the best actor, but he's probably a good soap actor. Yeah, I find it weird with Joey's acting because he has got a part on a play, but he's a bad actor. <laughs> and like, we're, gonna, we're, get, we're definitely going to get into this in the next episode. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's odd. Um, but still, uh, we leave this frosty conversation uh, from Rachel and Phoebe to give Mark asking her out. And Phoebe asks what she's going to do, and Rachel says she's going to say no. Rich makes an eavesdropping gun for Happy, and he moves around the side of the sofa to talk to Rachel. But then she says she'll probably say no to anyone right now. And Gunford is a swift U-turn. I mean, this, is, uh, this happens in a later episode, right, where, you know, they... They hear that, you know, they've got a chance. Oh, I just want to be with anyone. And like, oh, I'll walk up. And it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the chance. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like the, it's great physical acting from Gunford. Yeah. It's like the way he twists his body around. Like, yeah. Oh, like, it's just, it's great. <laughs> um, but Rachel says that saying yes would have felt like cheating on Ross somehow. And uh, Phoebe thinks she's not over Ross. No, like, I get it. Like, she, well, she dated Ross for like, you know, a year and, and a bit, right? So, it's only been three weeks since they broke up. So, yeah, she's, she's still got things to him. And obviously, you know, she didn't want to break up with him. Like, you know, it's kind of his fault, really. Yeah, I mean, something happened. Um, you know, I'm not going to play the blame game. No. But an event happened uh, yeah. that Rachel has feelings about, which is normal. And she can't get past those feelings to continue the relationship. And so. she doesn't need to be in a relationship. It's not like, hey, you're broken up now. Get back in a relationship right away because that's what's needed. It's like, yeah, she can just be by herself right now. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, we kind of remember who you are, I guess, as as a person and not a couple. And I and I guess what makes it worse is it is Mark. She knows, like, if I do date him, Ross is going to explode again. Yeah, I mean, they, we have the whole the one they told me not to worry about meme that yeah. kind of exists nowadays. And of all the people she could have dated, Mark is the one that's going to upset. I, I, yeah, I feel like she dated Gump for Ross would be like, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> Well, I think he'd be like, what? Okay. Like, he'd be upset, but he'd be yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't see Gumpford as a threat to anything that's gone on. He'd just be like, oh, okay, that's a new thing. That won't last. That'll be fine. Whereas yeah. Mark could be potential marriage and whatnot in Ross's mind, and that would devastate him the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had an ex start dating the one I wasn't supposed to worry about, and it... it it's, it is upsetting because even though you have no right to be upset, really, because you're not in a relationship anymore and they're free to do whatever they want, it is annoying because you, as I said, you feel kind of vindicated and validated for all of the concerns yeah. you had. You were like, I know it. Like, it's, it's, I think it's more you saw this coming yeah. and they, they told you not to worry. Yeah. And then turns out, well, you may not have had to worry and they were never going to be unfaithful. Clearly, you weren't blind. Though you were seeing something that maybe they weren't seeing, yeah. Or, the, or just all who are keeping from you. So yeah. it, it is a kick in the nuts, to be fair, um, when it happens. But at the same time, you just kind of got to accept it and, and move on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think Rachel has to do what's right for her and Ross is going to have to be a grown-up and deal with it. But that's a big ask from Ross, which, yes. we'll, which we'll see later. Yeah. Um, but then we move on to Jerry ranting to Chandler about Kate and how everyone now laughs at him when he can't open a drink because of his milk advert that she's told him all about. Uh, but then a smug Ross enters the room in a hideous jacket uh, but a lovely jumper. Okay. <laughs> now, the time we'd be writing his notes, you could probably work out, from, well, I'm going to tell you, you need to work it out. It's starting to get cold in England. Yeah. So I've developed a weird, like, 36-year-old man's appreciation for any jumper I see. Um, so 
Yeah, on reference jumpers a few times in this episode. Everyone's got nice jumpers. Uh, on yeah, I, I feel like we need a, a close Patreon episode, don't we? Where we dis- discuss the wardrobe of the Friends cast. It, yeah, that's basically the Rachel episode. Then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. My, I think they all have their own unique uh, wardrobes that are a bit odd sometimes. Right, we'll pick our favourite outfit for a friend yeah. and our least favourite outfit for a friend. Okay. One of Phoebe's romper suits would probably be one of the worst. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's going to be a Phoebe will be either good or bad, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, so he's ranting away, then Ross enters all smug, um, and Rachel wants to see him, and Dino Boy has decided that it's because the crazy fuck has lifted, lifted, and she's realised she can't live without Ross. Well, at the same time, you know, whenever Rachel enters a room saying, I need to, you know, talk to you, it's always going to be about this, right? Or has been in the past. Yeah, the phrase, we need to talk, mm. is never a phrase that is greeted with excitement. It's never a good no. conversation. I want to talk, fine. We need to talk, mm-mm, that's bad. Yeah. The alarm's going off. But the crazy fuck is there, Mark, but it's not around Rachel, it's around Ross. Rachel just wanted to give Ross some of his stuff back, and, well, he handles it exactly as you'd expect. Okay, all right, give me the mug, I'll keep the mug. No, you know, you know don't do me any favours. In fact, where... Where's the rest of my stuff? Huh, like, like my, um... Hey, this book is mine! And, 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 and that t-shirt you sleep in, I'd like that back too. Yes, I do. You know how much I love that t-shirt. You never even wear that t-shirt. I'm just trying to help you move on. Oh, you are a petty man. You are a petty, 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 petty small. <laughs> you are so just doing this out of spite. Aww. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wear this all the time. I love this shirt. You have not worn that t-shirt since you were 15. It doesn't even fit you oh, anymore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. If you don't mind, I'm gonna take the rest of my stuff and relax in my favorite shirt. You have a pleasant evening. Well, just to put the explanation point on the petty, when Ross leaves the apartment, he just leaves the door open and just kind of like, hmm. and it's just like really great facial expression of like just smug asshole David Trimmer never gets enough credit for his, his facial expressions no. in, in Friends because he makes you want to slap him and laugh at him at equal measure continually I've never really thought of David Trimmer as being like a funny actor you know just watching Friends like yeah he has funny moments and and stuff but I feel like the, the Ross and Rachel seriousness kind of in my mind has previously overtaken it but but Watching these in depth and obviously discussing it and hearing the audio, I'm like, yeah, he is actually really funny. It's 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 just a low key kind of funny. It's not laugh out loud. Yep. It's all about the expressions and how he's acting. But because he's acting as Ross in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's just Ross being Ross, not David Swimmer doing a really good job of like overacting like some of the the bits. Yeah, I mean, I think especially talking to you about Ross is always mm. <laughs> you're always pretty down on him. But I think you're so used to kind of the Ross in your head is. Uh, yeah. and just morose and miserable he, he's, the, he's the mature one of the group is, is him 
my mind how I think of him. Yeah, I think of that or my sandwich. They're like red rust. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. two rusty men, but there were actually lots of really hilariously entertaining rust moments. And I mean, I don't think that I'll ever forget the facial expression when the lights come on in the blackout. And yeah. the <laughs> Whoa! It's <laughs> the pain on his yeah. face. Like he's a great actor, and he doesn't get enough credit. No, no, you're right there, especially during this bit where he puts on the the shirt. Why Rachel has it, I don't know, because she says he's not worn it since he was 15, and clearly he hasn't worn it since he was 15, because it looks like a crop top on him, <laughs> which is great. Um, I think the Frankie Says Relax has a, a slightly different connotation now compared to the mid-90s. I don't even know what it is to begin with. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, this was a, a very popular song um, by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and at the time, you know, it was seen as a kind of like a montage song or, you know, relax energy song. And more recently, you know, it, it's come out that actually they they kind of had a, a different idea in mind for what the song would be. And to yeah. get around the censors, they was like, yeah, it's meant to be, you know, this is just a, a chill out song, you know, you just, you know, relax, have have fun, you know, hedonism and all that. And they actually, no, it's a, it is about, you know, getting with someone, uh, making love, all that sort of stuff. Ah, over my head completely. Yeah. I just assumed it was like an ironic statement on how stressed Ross was because obviously he's having a stressy hissy fit and he's wearing a shirt that says relax. Yeah. So, you know, the, the BBC banned it um, at some point in their time, you know, because the, the track was meant to be a celebration of hedonism and living life on the edge. And it's like, no, it was actually uh, sank a bit deeper. And I guess a lot, a lot of 80s songs are, are like that where you listen to them, you're like, yeah, I, I sing this out loud. And you're like, actually, if I listen to the lyrics properly, Probably shouldn't be singing that so loud. It's fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. That's sort of news. I've learned something today. Look at that. And certainly, I know uh, with T-shirts, the, the, a lot of people ripped off the design because it is an iconic design, right? Yeah. And I think they've, uh, they've gone on people for that because, you know, it's not just Frankie Says Relax anymore. It's Frankie Says or, you know, Ryan Says Relax and all that sort of stuff. So uh, all these different connotations have now come out from this shirt since the 90s. What would Mark shirt say? Would you say Mark says relax? It wouldn't. It what, would say, watch your friend. Mark what, says listen back to us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, listen to watching friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, collecting your 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 gubbins from the partner is a is a stressful situation. Um, I've never gone into it like Ross thinking, "Oh my God, we're going to get back together." Um, but no. it, it is emotional. Um, Jess and I had the exact opposite problem, Mark, when uh, when we broke up. Uh, we had amassed so much stuff over the seven years we were together that neither one of us had the space for it. So we kept trying to like fob each other off on stuff. Um, in fact, I called her last week because I'd found a box of Disney Blu-rays. No one needs Blu-rays now. You've got Disney Plus. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hi, Jess. Um, um, I found these Blu-rays for you. And she's like, don't want them. And I was like, no, take them. <laughs> Just literally going. And then there's, I think it's at her nan's attic. There's hundreds. When I say hundreds of pounds worth, Mark, I am not exaggerating of Disney plush. Okay. At some point, that's going to need to be sorted. And I get very much get the feeling that I'm going to be able to pawn most of that off on Jess. But the one or two things I want, I'm going to have to fight for. Yeah. I know there's a sleeping beauty dragon that I really want. There's... <laughs> definitely hurts and i shouldn't have said that where someone can hear it but, <laughs> <laughs> but i really want that bloody dragon but still it is it is you know uh, an upsetting thing it can be yeah I, but like i said i want to know how rachel got this t-shirt because i think a lot of people like to have the comfort of like someone else's clothing or shirt or whatever um maybe more so women than men prefer like having like our oh, shirt it smells and reminds me of them especially if you're not living together so when you live together, like you hate each other and don't want their clothes and smelly clothes around. I mean, I've got a lot of hockey shirts. 
which are, you know, big and baggy on me. Yeah. So, you know, I've tended to date women that are smaller than me. So they've liked them as like cozy it's lounge the boyfriend the house yes. outfits. Yeah. Um, I left, I left the shot. I really liked uh, my current partner's house and she's kind of stolen it for, <laughs> she wouldn't, she would never say in a million years it was because it's cute or reminds her of me yeah. because it's not how her brain works. She just likes the cool design on it because it's got a sister battle on it and that's just cool if you're a dork, I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I've never had it. I've never been, I mean, mostly because I can't. Like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, I'm going to put on this this tank top and it reminds me <laughs> yeah. of my, my girlfriend. Like, yeah. it's just, no, no one wants to see that. Can you imagine coming over? Oh, no, I, it's, it's when you, yeah, I come over and you bend over and you're wearing the thong like Joe is. And you're like, yeah, I just like the feel of it. Yeah, tiny joggers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tank top, <that's, laughs> my chest hair spilling out of. And every time I yawn, my belly pokes at the bottom. It's not the same no. vibe, is it, Mark? No, no, it's not. And, and, you know, Ross really shouldn't have gone and worn this shirt. It's far too tight on him. I mean, I've got to admire the commitment to the spite. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is. It is this is mine. Like, you're being an asshole, Ross, but yeah. it, it is it is funny. Um, but still. But now, the gang are hanging out with Pete at the coffee shop because, you know, we've got two sets. Um, chatting about how rich he is. Um, this is weird to me in my Britishness, Mark. I don't know if, if you'll agree, but as a general rule, we don't, talk about finances even with close friends and we'd never do it with someone our mates only been dating uh, for a little bit i guess so at the same time i would look at pete and be like hey pete you have so much money give me some of it like if you gave me 20 grand that's nothing to you you're you're multi-billionaire you know just yeah 20 grand that's like you're dropping 20p on the floor that is true. You, you, you could do that, right? And certainly I feel like that's where they go in with this a little bit. They're like, hey, you're so rich. Can you afford this? Can you afford that? Like, I would wish I could have afforded the things like that. Can you afford me a house in the suburbs? Yeah. But I feel like you could do that. I mean, to be fair, you could probably, if, if they start dating and you're closer, just be like, can I have a house deposit? <laughs> yeah. Like, you would, you'd, like, get, you'd be fine because yeah. you've known them a few years and yeah. it's chill. Um, and you, you could probably even be a bit sly about it and be like, oh, I'm really struggling to save my house deposit. Yeah. And then if I'm a millionaire and I'm like, oh, what, you need you need 70K? All right, here you go, Mark. I wouldn't even ask for it back. I'd be like, if I had millions. Yeah, because if I said to you today, Ryan, could you loan me £100? I feel like eventually you'd probably say yes. Yeah. But if you was worth millions, I could, you know, add a few zeros to that and it would be the equivalent to you. Yeah, I'm not going to notice, are you? are you? But yeah, I'd... For the amount of time I've known him, it just feels really tacky and inappropriate. Maybe it's a British thing. I don't know. Maybe it it's just is, thing. but also in the 90s, you know, meeting a millionaire was kind of unusual and weird and interesting. Like, they have a different lifestyle, whereas now there's a lot of people who have maybe maybe not a lot of wealth, but people are just generally wealthy anyway. Like, I can look at you now and go, you have a lot of nice things. You know, you have a phone and a computer and you have this and you've got a car and stuff. You don't even drive and you've got a car, right? Yeah, fair. Whereas, you know, back in the, the mid-90s, if you had a car in the family, you know, that was quite good. It's true. Just having the one car. Yeah. I mean, families that had two cars, you were like, ooh. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, so. like someone had a family car and a work car because the business paid for it. And you were like, ooh. Whereas now, what, what, does a, what does a multimillionaire have that you don't? Okay, they have a bigger house. They have a fancier car. They may go on fancier holidays, but they, they don't have things that you that are unobtainable to you. And yes, the quality might be different, but you can still have an equivalent in this life. Yeah, I guess. I'd still like a million. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you, you know, you, you know, do you do you want uh you know McDonald's or do you want a gourmet burger? Is probably the difference, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm hungry, I'll eat anything. <laughs> well that's not true, I'm really picky. I don't know why I said that. That's a massive <laughs> lie lying in front of you. Um also Pete has a really nice jumper on as well. The jumper game is strong in this episode, Mark. Okay. 
Just, okay, I'll trust you on that one. Yeah, I like them both. Um, but Pete has to leave and Monica walks him out. But this time, she doesn't peck him on the cheek. She tussles his hair like she's a grandma. Yep. Which is just just awkward. Um, but we then join Joey and Kate at rehearsal and things are getting interesting. I'm really starting to feel like you guys have a history. It's, it's nice. I have a question about this scene. Yes. Well, I don't understand why Adrian's attracted to Victor. Peel the onion. First of all, he's good looking. Yeah. I think my character's gonna need a little bit more of a reason than that. Oh, hey, how about this one? Uh, it says so in the script. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't know why my character likes you either. I mean, it says in the script here that you're a bitch. It doesn't say that in the script. It does in mine. Yes, Joey. It's nice to see this side of Joey. He's so sweet all the time, especially in the later seasons when he, you know, falls for Rachel and the whole yeah. time he's just this, like, big, cuddly, heartwarming, nice guy. Just like, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's, I just love the way it's like, she's like, it doesn't say that. Script. It doesn't it mind. Doesn't mind. <laughs> it's Absolutely brilliant. So that's the only reason I put it in because it's such a nice transition from Joey. Uh, but speaking of transitions, it's time for an advert break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Welcome back. We're back. And Chandler and Joey, no, Chandler and Ross rather, are getting back from racquetball, which is the stupid name for whatever sport they're playing. Squash. Well, no, it's not. We discussed this before. Racquetball and squash are two different things, but they're pretty much the same. Do you know what paddle is? I've heard of it. Yeah, I didn't until the other day. Uh, my partner was telling me that she went to something after work and the guys were playing paddle. And I had to Google what paddle was because it's, it's essentially tennis and squash combined. So it's tennis and it's doubles, but you can play the ball off the walls. Okay. Sounds pretty fun to be Okay. Playing. Yeah, because I was thinking uh, Matthew Perry mentioned in his book that he plays pickleball quite a lot. The hell is pickleball? Uh, it's, it's, it's fallen out of my brain at this moment in time. We'll have to look it up in a little bit. Sounds dreadful. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it involves a racket and a ball with some description, right? Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, th I think it's basically pretty much... Um, Pretty much the same as squash, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure at this point in time. You, you caught me off guard with that question. <laughs> I've just never heard of it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but they get there as Rachel leaves her apartment, but she's not alone. She's leaving with Mark. Ross, you got to stop, okay? You can't just stare through the peephole for three hours. <laughs> You're going to get peep-eye. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I always knew she liked him. You know, she'd say no, but here we are, right? We just broke up. First thing she does. You didn't just break up. Hey, it's been 
like three weeks. You slept with somebody three hours after you thought you broke up. I mean, bullets have left guns slower. Here they come, here they come. Oh, if she kisses him goodnight, I'm gonna kill myself. I swear, I can't, I can't watch them. Come on, date over, date over. Oh, oh, here we go. She's going in. Okay. <laughs> She's going in. Wait, he's going in. He's going in. The door's closed. I, I can't see anything but the door closed. And the inventor of the door rests happily in his grave. <laughs> okay, I have to do something. I mean, I have to, I have to stop it. Stop what? I don't know, but the, I, I have a feeling that my being there will do it. I'll go over and I will borrow something. Juice! I need juice! No! Hey, you can't! Look, it must be stopped! I am your friend, and I am not gonna let you do this! You are surprisingly strong! I need juice! People need juice! Look, man! People need juice! Listen to me! Juice they need! She's moving on, okay? If it's not this guy, it's gonna be somebody else. And unless you're thinking about subletting my people, you are gonna have to get used to the fact that the relationship is over. Okay, man? It's over. I wish you'd broken this clip up because there's so much in it that I'm gonna forget to talk about that I really want to. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and say it all quickly before I forget. We can pick bits out. Uh, so yeah, there's, you know, you're gonna have to rent out my peephole is a great, great line. Uh, the whole, you know, I think I think me being there will, will do something. <laughs> like, yeah, you just, just turn up, you know that that would just end any transfer mark of just Ross just being there. Yeah. Nothing's gonna happen. Um, you know, the the way that, uh, you know, um, Chandler is, is, is like, you know, you're surprisingly strong. That's clearly an ad lib. Like you can tell by the by the way of his tone of his voice, the slight laughter in there. Like you, you're actually surprisingly strong. Like you're pulling me and the foosball table <laughs> along. The way they both have their leg up on the door. I, I wonder in rehearsals if they did that or if this is like because it's such an unnatural position. But you know, Matthew Perry is is holding like himself up on Ross and on the door as if it's perfectly natural and like he's got no weight to him at all. Yeah, I mean, David from is a very broad man to be yeah. fair like he doesn't look weak um you know chandler's a bit scrawny i guess but ross isn't we're still talking you know between 10 and 15 stone of man that you're holding up yeah um but yeah you're right it's a long clip but the whole scene is fantastic yeah it's ridiculous uh but you you mentioned my favorite part in it where ross is like i have a feeling my being there will do it <laughs> yeah. which for a man in the middle of an hysterical rant about <laughs> yeah. the woman he's in love with is amazingly eloquent just with <laughs> the phrasing of it i'm just like it just hits the ear so well and I'm like, even when ross is mental yes. he's, he's still great yeah uh, yeah he knows exactly what he's gonna do i did like the bit where he's like oh if i say kiss i'm gonna kill myself because he's like you can really feel the pain and there's there's a, a hint of truth to that yeah, I, again, I think it's if it's anyone, like Chandler says, yeah, he's not, if it's not this guy, it'll be someone else. Like mm. that's a valid point, but it being this guy does make it worse for us. Yeah, it's it's every fear he had realized, and especially because he has the guilt of knowing that no matter what misinterpretation the pair of them had, it's fundamentally his actions that have yeah. caused this. It's gonna hit like like he basically in Ross's mind he threw Rachel at Mark, yes. and now it's happening, and it's his worst thing ever. Um, but the scene's also adorable. I mean, sometimes your friends need some tough love. It's pretty much the only kind I get from you lot. But it's, it's true. Like, sometimes you just need to, you need to hear it. You need to be told, you know, the truth. Essentially, brass facts. Yeah. And it carries more weight when it comes from your friends. And, and yeah, suddenly, you know, Chandler is a great friend. 
you know, to Ross throughout the whole of the, the show, right? And yeah, Ross, Ross, Ross needs this, but at the same time, you know, this is probably, for me, one of David Swimmer's best scenes. Everyone remembers, you know, the kiss with Rachel and, you know, the, the seriousness and, you know, we were on a break and whatever. But, like, you're, you're right from what you said earlier. He has some great comedic acting and timing. Yep. Uh, yeah, this whole scene is absolutely brilliant. Just two minutes of fantastic fun. Yeah, and it's like, I can't see anything with the door closed. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to be seeing it, and of no. course you can't. No, no I, I definitely do want to do something. I do think my being there <laughs> will stop something from happening. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about how much of it was kind of ad-libbed or genuine. So I would yeah. like to see the script and see what was scripted and, and what was just the two of them doing this scene six yeah. times in an afternoon and, and seeing what stuck. Yeah, you can, you can definitely see there's a, a bit of making up as they go along, which is probably what makes friends great. Like they know when to pick. Yeah. This is like a good take, even if it doesn't follow the script. Yeah. Uh, because again, Matthew Perry's book, you know, we should do a podcast on this. Oh, we should. Uh, he mentions doing, um, a TV show with, with, I, I believe his name's Aaron Sorkin. You know, I need the book in front of me. I'm very bad with like coming up with facts that I've heard <laughs> <laughs> live. I need it in front. I think it's Aaron Sorkin. He did a TV show with him and basically he was like, you know, when we did it, he's like an amazing like director and writer and stuff like that. But you had to do the lines exactly as they were written down. Oh, okay. You could not change anything, could not ad lib. It's like I put I put forward all these jokes and you know, how about we do this or why don't we play it this way? It's like, no, do it as written. It's like, well, this is why his TV shows were great, but it also meant that, you know, for, for Matthew Perry, he was quite limited at times. It's like, look, I can make this better than what you've got written by just letting me do my thing. And he's like, no, you can't. Whereas in Friends, like he's he's quite, you know, up on them and saying like, yeah, you know, I got to like pitch jokes and we all got to pitch in and suggest things, and that's what made the show better. And I and I believe that. Like this scene probably shows that. Like yeah, he and David Swimmer have, you know, just gone with it and they've gone. Yeah, this is better than what we've written. Yeah, I suppose Friends has the advantage that it has a, a live studio audience. Yeah. So if I'm the writer and I've written joke A. And it gets like 70% of the people laughing, but then an ad lib that one of the cast do gets the entire crowd, like, you know, wetting themselves in hysterics. We're immediately using their take yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's just better. Like, I guess at the point you have to let your ego as a writer be like, no, like, this clearly works better. That was hilarious. Yeah. Let him, especially if it's making you laugh. Like, let's keep it. Well, Simpsons writers have mentioned many times, like, the whole room has laughed at a joke and then they put it in front of the audience and no one's laughed. And it's like, yeah, like, that happens. Uh, certainly, you know, the, the new four film, Love and Thunder, they, they talk about, you know, how we ad-libbed most of the lines when we was on there. We was just making each other laugh. It's like, yeah, it's probably brilliant for you guys because you all had the in-jokes and, and everything, whereas us as an audience are like, I don't get why this is funny. Dreadful film. Dreadful film. Although, speaking of The Simpsons, I watched an episode of The Simpsons this week for the first time in about five years. I don't not like The Simpsons. I just don't watch The Simpsons. And it was in season 30, episode 18. Bart versus Itchy and Scratchy, which was very on the nose as an episode. But essentially, uh, the Crusty the Clown makes a female version of Itchy and Scratchy, and he just kind of mocks the the kind of crying man babies on the internet and Hollywood's obsession with just reversing genders and things like you know Ghostbusters. And they're like, look, it's good now because ladies. Um, but it was very very funny and had a lot of guest stars. But yeah. I know you're a big fan of The Simpsons, yeah. so it was just like, oh yeah, I need to tell Mark I watch this because <laughs> I'll forget otherwise. This, this is the perfect this time the perfect, to tell I'll me. forget otherwise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is great and it's fantastic. And uh, we then get to see Behind the Door, 
Uh, Mark and Rachel are chatting about why the coffee cups are numbered. Coffee cups? Coffee cups are numbered. Uh, and Mark leans down and kisses Rachel. Well, they're, uh, they're numbered because Monica, right? Yeah. I, t- I feel like sometimes you forget that other people don't know Monica in the show. Yeah. You're like, yeah, Monica, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and you go, oh, yeah, this part, Mark does not know Monica. Well, let's listen to the clip. You know what? No, and I don't think I'm going to want to. I can't do this. Yep, yep, that's what I didn't want to know. Uh, oh, Mark, I'm just doing this for the wrong reasons, you know? I, I'm just doing it to get back at Ross. I'm sorry. It's not very fair to you. Ah, fair schmear, you know? Look, you want to get back at Ross? I am here for you. Really? No, no, I say, I say, I say we get back at him right here on this couch, right here. I'm sorry about this. That's okay. You sure? Yeah. I can just go home and get back at him by myself. (laughs) My joke. My joke. My joke. It's hilarious. It's, yeah, I cry every time we laugh at it. It's so funny. Which bit of that? The whole uh, thing, or no? I can go home and get back in by myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just so wrong. You're not getting back at him by. Oh no, it's gross. The thing is, it, it should be massively inappropriate. Yeah. Like it, you're basically saying, "Hello, woman, I've just been on a date with. Yeah. I'm going to go home and masturbate while thinking about you." It should be gross, but it, he, the way he does it, and it's just. I mean, weirdly, Ray, he doesn't really get a laugh out of Rachel. No. Which I feel like if I was Rachel, I'd have been laughing at that joke. To be fair, um, but I just think it's hilarious. It's very, very funny. I did like how Mark. It's like, no, we should get back at him. Yeah, let's, and you, you know, you you forget that Mark only knows Ross in a certain way, and that is the annoying possessive boyfriend who comes into the office and clearly doesn't like you, even though you technically haven't done anything wrong or you don't believe you have. Because in Mark's eyes, he's like, I was dating someone else. Me and Rachel were friends. Yes, secretly, I was attracted to her, but you know, I didn't say or do anything, so I haven't done anything wrong. And Ross has come in and just been like, yeah, I don't like you. You're a threat to me. It's like, I, I, if I was in Mark's situation, I would think Ross is a, a bit of an idiot. Yeah, I think he's weird, weirdly possessive. Yeah. But at the same time, to be honest, if, if I was working with a girl and her boyfriend sent a barbershop quartet in and it's yeah. nice to have a boyfriend, yeah. I'd be like, he's on to me. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> if, even if Mark did nothing wrong, he obviously... I don't. I don't think Mark did do anything wrong. You know, he he never said anything to Rachel. Never did anything. Yes, he got her a job and liked to hang out with her and whatnot. But as far as we know, as the viewer, he was just being friends with her, and then Ross was just being way over the top and possessive and odd and creepy and weird. He was, but and so at this point, when Mark is like, "Yeah, let's get back him," like, "Yeah, I I stand with Mark at this point." Like, "Yeah, you should get back at Ross because he was an idiot to you." He was, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, Mark's going to be honest enough for himself to be like, yeah, he was on to me. Like, you I, did like uh, Rachel the I, entire time. Yeah, and- I don't think you can do that. We, as a viewer, we didn't see any of that. Mark was perfectly fine gentleman to Rachel the whole time. Oh, yeah, but he doesn't... He, he wasn't inappropriate. He wasn't behind uh, Ross's back or Rachel's back or anything. Externally, he was the perfect gentleman. Yeah. Which, which is, I mean, I'm going to compliment Mark more in a moment. But what I mean was internally from Mark's perspective. No, you... He knows you're... that Ross is onto him. Because no, look you're... at Because he even says, someone wants me to know you've got a boyfriend. Yeah, but you're, you're putting that on him, I think, based on how Ross acts and how this all plays out. 
Because no, no. at no point do we ever know that he is attracted to Rachel at all. As we know, he, he had like a girlfriend. He might have just been like, yeah, I like Rachel as a friend. We don't ever know that secretly deep down he's like, yeah, I can't wait to get with her. Well, we do now because he asked her out. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, so- but, yeah, but, yeah, but after she's single, during that whole time, he might have been, yeah, I find her very attractive, but she's got a boyfriend so and I've got a girlfriend. I'm not going to act on those impulses. So I think you're projecting a little bit. I don't think he did anything wrong. I just think that, you know, he knew that Ross was onto something because mm. he's asked to wait three weeks after they're broken up. So while he yeah. might be like, oh, Ross is a possessive boyfriend, it's like, well, well, his behavior is unacceptable and Mark shouldn't have to apologize for his, you know, his crush on Rachel. It's, Mark obviously knew that Ross knew something. because No, I, f- I think you're projecting too much. I, I disagree there. Our listeners can let us know. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, which side, which of the, side of the argument? Yeah, which side of the defense today, for <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will have to say that Mark handles this so well. Uh, take note, younger generation, troubled, entitled, well, men. I, I was <laughs> going to say people, but let's face it, the majority of the times, the people that need lessons in rejection are men. Yeah. Um, little incels on the internet and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he handles it, I was going to say well. He handles it normally like a sane person. It's weird nowadays that yeah. we compliment normal behavior as, as a praise. Oh, I'm going to praise Mark for not being an idiot. Yeah, uh, but no, he just you know he makes a joke, which to be honest would be something I would do. I'm like, oh, great rejection! Let's take the piss out of myself. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like we'll get into this in the next episode because the the same thing happens with Chandler and Joanna. But yeah, like sometimes, I mean, it's hard. Rejection of any kind is hard, or being put down, or and sometimes you have to suck it up. Like when a friend makes a joke about you, and like everyone's laughing because it is a really funny joke. Sometimes you just, you just be like, yeah, okay. That's a joke. I'm not going to say anything back because whatever I say back will be worse. Like I can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't beat. Sometimes you get you get knocked out with a with a sentence. It, yeah. Like, Nothing I've got to say to that's going to help. No, and it just looks worse if you try. Yeah. So you just like, yep, okay, I will take that. And yeah, certainly in relationships, you know, someone's like, hey, I'm not into, or it's not the right time, or it's not going to work out. It's like, all right, that is pretty gutting and depressing. But there's no like getting angry is not going to convince them. No. Getting scary or weird about it, just be like, okay that really hurts. Uh, I should probably remove myself from this situation right now to deal with it. And then in about 30 minutes, I'll feel fine again. Yeah. But no, I think my husband, especially the part, not just the rejection of, you know, he's not getting what he wanted, but also the added sting that, you know, Rachel told him that the date only really happened to get back at Ross. Yeah, that's quite horrible to be told that. Yeah, that would, I think if you were upset at that, it would be justified. Justified. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, like, obviously you'd still need to have a, perfectly appropriate reaction you know i'm not saying you should like throw the numbered mugs around the room just you know be like, okay that, that that would upset me like oh great so we were friends and i asked you out and you only did this to get back at someone that would upset me because i'd felt like i've been used yes i'd be like I, I would like an apology yeah for the kettle on like you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like it's something but maybe, yeah. maybe we could get back at ross as the apology <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i do i think mark handles the whole thing great so even though you know i i do empathize a lot with ross and where he was coming from with the whole mark wants you mark's behavior has kind of been above reproach really yeah i quite like how they use him in in the show like they could have easily made him like a paolo type and you know just a a horrible person where you you don't like him uh but ultimately you you never like hate mark you're like yeah i want to see ross and rachel together you're like well actually you know mark isn't a bad person no you you never like yeah oh slimy mark that oh he's gross like no yeah a lot of it actually works quite well because you are like yeah ross you are being an idiot. Whereas if you did hate Mark, you'd be like, yeah, Ross, like you're entitled. You, you know, you're right to be doing this because he is a whole person. It's like, no, they, they, they make it quite well for him. Yeah. I mean, and it just kind of displays how out of line Ross was during the whole 
Mark saga. Yeah. Because, you know, it's fundamentally he was scared, but he should have sucked it up and trusted Rachel, I guess. Yeah. Um, but now Monica and Pete are on another date, if you can call a boring ceremony to open a hospital a date. Um, but Pete pulls Monica to one side to ask her where they stand. And Monica starts unloading cliches and platitudes at Pete, which is always annoying. Um, he kind of handles it well, uh, but he also thinks Monica will change her mind. I feel like he's had this a lot of women. I mean, it should be problematic, to be fair. But he does it in a soft way that somehow seems okay, which I was going to give him a pass for. But then it reminded me of the Big Bang Theory and decided that, no, it is problematic. Um, you're on a date with someone who's been on a few dates with you and they've told you they're not interested. And your response is, okay, we'll keep going until you change your mind. Isn't I, I think that that's probably part of his character, right? So part of business probably is him having to convince people all the time. So he probably is someone who has been knocked back a, a lot and has been like, no, if I keep trying harder. And same with, you know, they do mention this in the first time we meet him with uh, Moss 365 or whatever it's called, where he's like, why is it 365? It's like, because there was 364 versions that were bad and some set on fire and did this right. Like he kept trying, like he's gone through adversity, I guess. And he's treating the dating of the same as like, yes, that didn't work. Let's reset and try again. Let's change the variables and go. You know, he's, he's done the whole, here's a check to get me noticed. I've taken you to Italy to get me noticed. Here's me doing a big fancy thing. Like, you should date me. Look at the, the life you could live sort of thing. Uh, so you could say, yes, it's problematic because of how he's doing it. At the same time, like I say, I think he's probably gone through this a lot with people going, hey, you're a fantastic guy. I don't want to date you because of how you look. And I think they do play up to that a little bit. They don't try to make him super handsome and attractive. They just make him normal guy. I mean, I, and I still think it's, I mean, if he's done it more than once, that's even more problematic in my eyes. You can't, you, you don't need to convince someone to date you. Um, and it should, it should, I think to me, No, it's but a, at the same time, it probably is like, it's quite hurtful when someone's like, hey, you're amazing, but I don't want to be with you. Or, you know, where I'm sure you've probably had this in the past where someone's like, I really wish I could date someone like you. And you're like, what about me? Like, oh, no, not you, silly. Someone like you. Yeah, it's, but, which is an in between this joke, by the way. Okay, but, I'll, I'll get that. I'm <laughs> yeah. on season two. Um, but yeah, it's, I get what that was upsetting. Like, you know, being told that someone's not physically into you enough to date you is, even though I think House About You is great. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a backhanded compliment and it would be upsetting. But to me, it just kind of reeks of like millionaire entitlement. Of like, he's so used to getting what he wants. A little of bit, yeah. The power he has in his life. Well, I, I think it's probably. F- Half and half. It's half, yes, he has the power in his life, but also half, he has tried hard through his life to get things and he has got them through working hard. So he's, he's probably a little bit of that rather than him being like, no, I deserve this because I'm rich. It's hey. probably his mentality. We do overthink things a lot. But I guess part of me is kind of like, at no point does he really force Monica to do anything. Like he's just not in a situation yeah. where that power dynamic is leveraged at any point. No. So I guess it's not too bad in that sense. But at the same time, I do think he's very used to just being a bit domineering and being like, no, we will do this yes, because probably, yeah. I, I will take you to Italy and you know send you 20 grand and we'll do all these things that, for lack of a better phrase, for people of lesser character may have more of an impact than it probably should. And I think deep down, he's probably quite an insecure person because he has to use all this stuff to 
to try and get there. Like you're not. Are, dating... are you talking about Pete Becker or Elon Musk here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Elon Musk is a million times worse. But yeah, I I get the the vibe you're going with there. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit like no, like I need to compensate for my lack of whatever with this person, and he's used to getting what he wants, and he just applies the same logic to it that he does in business, and that's not how you be treating people. Yeah. But again, maybe I'm overthinking it. Uh, but we then find a very bored Chandler talking to himself, playing quick draw against an empty chair. I want to do that. It looks fun. It just looks fun. Um, Joey storms in to save Chandler from his crazy as Joey rants about Kate and Chandler informs him that he has got a crush on Kate. Have you ever had a crush on someone you've hated? No. No, me neither. I don't no. get it. No. It's really lost on me. That's the shortest tangent ever. <laughs> <laughs> but back at rehearsal, Joey and Kate repeat the kissing scene and this time there's far more, far from nothing. Joey kissed her out of her shoes. <laughs> That, I mean, no, no, maybe they were loose. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Joey's just that good a kisser. I mean, you know, he can get a bra just by looking at it, so. It's true. Um, never doubt the power of Joey. <laughs> but Joey then asks Kate out, um, but the director asks if she's ready to go. Uh-oh, Joey can't catch a break here. She's dating the director. Yep. Which, given what how stuck up she was at the start of the play, me mainly we go, is this how she got the part? Yeah. Okay, um, okay. Maybe you're problematic now. I just, just kind of was like, what? What? It's just, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's, I don't know why I thought it's, it. I, I guess just, we'll get into this in the next episode. Yeah, we do get a bit more. We get deeper into it. Um, Joey and Fieber at Monica's, and they have a chat about Spider Man and how it's pronounced Spider Man and not Spider Man. Yeah, um, I, I, I really like this scene. You know, why is it not Spider Man? It's not a name. He's a Spider Man. <laughs> but now, whenever I see Spider Man, I'm like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know where this idea came from. Like, I feel like, did one of the writers have this conversation with someone at some yeah. point? Because it's so random and stupid that it can't... You wouldn't... Surely you wouldn't write this down as like, this would be a funny conversation. It must be a fault in your head or, you know, it's something that's happened in real life and you're like, yes, this will be perfect for Phoebe. Like, Chandler could have come out of it maybe. Joey... Maybe I feel like this is definitely like a Phoebe's joke. So yeah, yeah like you're you're right. They they probably have had this conversation or thought about, it and then like oh, this this would be a great like line. Yeah, like, I feel like Bobby Swan just mispronounced Spider Man at some point. Yeah, and like, I'm gonna go watch Spider Man. I'm like what? Yeah. And then <laughs> I don't know how you would think of this because it's so daft. But it does make me laugh a lot. Um, but then Rage get home, and uh, Monica tells her that Ross dropped some of her stuff off, and he's returned the Frankie says relax shirt. Do you know, well done, Ross. You've uh, put your big boy pants on and a fitting T-shirt and. He's give it back to her. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't going to wear it anyway. But yeah, in some ways, he's it's almost like he's trying to cling on by like, here, have the stuff back. There's our connection. This is how I get you back. Oh, we were on opposite sides of the fence again. I yeah. just, I think it's Rush just maturing a bit and being a bit sweet because he's initially hurt. He's gone into that room initially expecting we're getting back together, mm. and what he's been given is let's essentially be broken up more by having your stuff back and getting rid of that connection. Yeah, and he's reacted emotionally and pettily and stormed off and i think you know he's had time to cool down and he sat in his house realized that all he's doing is hurting rachel like there's there's nothing maybe right like in in my view it might just be he's like hey if you have this stuff there's always a chance and there's a conversation starter there as well i was like hey you still got my stuff remember all the good times to me that makes ross sound more manipulative and underestimates how much ross does genuinely care about rachel um, yeah, I, I assume it's been done for the nice thing of like, hey, look, I don't want to take all the stuff back because I want to be with you. 
I, so, like, I like your bias with Russ. Like you were defending Mark and his fancy and Rachel. You're like, no, he did nothing wrong. He, was, he wasn't being manipulative or scheming at all. No, I leave Mark alone. Yeah. Mark is a champion of a man. And then literally with Russ is nice and you're like, he's trying to check her to lie to him again. Well, he does do that. Yeah, it's, it's just fun. Like, like, damn, like you really do hate Russ. I don't hate Russ that much. I just look at it in different different ways i guess yeah, it just, it's just funny to me but yeah rachel is touched you know she clutches it to, to her chest yeah. and then like, walks into the bedroom um i don't think i've ever been that emotionally attached to a physical item before no like there's definitely like things in my life where i'm like have nostalgia for them or keep them because they're you know remind me of a good time or whatever but not in a way where it's like front and center no that my little brother keeps calling me a simp Right. Because for my birthday, my partner bought me a Buffy the Vampire Slayer mug. And as we all know, as we like, I like tea. Um, and this cup or mug is smaller than my previous Disney mug that I used to use. And I used the mug she bought me because it was a gift and it's Buffy. So every time I use the mug that's smaller, that's such a shock to my little brother. Right. He was like, give it a week and you'll go back to your Disney mug. <laughs> and I was like, it's a nice, I'm going to use my Buffy mug. Like, it's a nice gift. I'm using my and every time I use it, it would look and go, Simp. <laughs> I'm just like, you never know what that term means, Matthew, but it does make me laugh. But yeah, I guess I kind of attached to the mug, but people buy things, it's nice. But yeah, it just made me chuckle that my little brother calls me a simp all the time. <laughs> a little sod. But yeah, but that's the end of the episode, Mark. It's a very... I like this episode. It's, it's very funny. It has some really great moments. It's a very sweet ending as well. It's, yeah. Normally we end friends on a laugh. And this is like, oh, okay, fair. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. Like from the, the moment it starts, we have some great laughs. There's some very great comedic scenes. I can't praise it any higher, really. Like it's a really great episode. Yeah, just, just I can't see with the door closed. No. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's never an episode you're going to say to people, oh, you have to watch it. But after the last couple of episodes, we've been like, yeah, it's been all right. Like this has been a return to form. Yeah, I think to me, this one of those episodes that I will never turn a Friends episode off if I'm flicking through the TV mm. and it's on. Like, it, there's not a single episode that will turn off. Even the one with the thumb that I don't like. I was still, it's still Friends. Yeah. I'll still watch it. This is one of those episodes that I'll go, oh, it's that episode. And then by the end of it, oh, I've got a big grin on my face and I'm off because it's a fantastic episode. But as you said, it doesn't stand out in the, in the running order, I guess, of no. must-watch episodes. No, and I think all you need to hear is, you know, as my lover, and then you're, yep, I'm going to sit down and watch this one. I know this is going to be a good time. We, I think we should learn Joey's song. And just start randomly singing it when things go bad in life. Okay. Like, you know, you find a pound on the floor. I am a big girl bear. <laughs> just see how long it takes any of our friends to notice that that's the song we're doing. Okay. So my, my friend Rich at work, I might just do next shift and he'll immediately start doing it with me because okay. he's that much of a friends nerd. Our friend Chris, who thinks he's a friends nerd. The problem is, is that you will, you will do this at your job and eventually everyone will start doing it, but they won't know why they're doing it. And you'll be like, I invented that. There's a reason we do the dance. And you're not doing the dance well. I quite like the idea, though, because yeah. then, like, Rich and I would know why we're doing the dance yeah. and no one else would. And yeah. we'd be like, yeah. I think you should uh, try that and report back in a few weeks' time. Buddy, mission accepted. Yeah, that's, it. that's it from us. It's end of the episode. It's a cheerio from me. Oh, you, you, you always do this. You just skip the, the ending. What ending? You know, we should promote ourselves better. That's, that feels very un and, and And also, there's a, there's a thing in the, the YouTube world, and probably podcasting as well, it's called uh, Smell the Blood in the Water. And basically, it's for, for YouTube TV episode. Well, they're not TV episodes. Uh, YouTube videos, let's call them that. 
Right. Uh, where it's like if if uh, if a viewer smells blood in the water or sees blood in the water, they're like, oh, this is the end of the sh- the show, and turns it off. So as soon as you're like, well, you, uh, you know, we're looking at this thing, and you know, in the end, uh, I think it's uh, it's pretty good, and we're going to give our final verdict. Okay, I'm off now because I've got the final verdict done, and they they end early. And, you, and you've basically just done that to us. What is it? Because you're end? like, yeah, we're basically going now. Goodbye, everyone. And like, they've all turned off now and they're ready to listen to the next episode. When actually all the important stuff is coming now. Oh, and I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll fix this immediately for the next episode. The start of the episode from now on, we're going to ask a friend's trivia question. And we won't give the audience the answer until the very last part of the episode. Okay. <laughs> That's on you then. Yep. You two, you've got five <laughs> minutes <laughs> to get a question and answer to come on. It's easy. Okay. Doesn't say it'd be hard. No. Just be- <laughs> oh, no, it has to be difficult. If you just go, which couple were on a break? Listen, wait till you the episode to find out. <laughs> I didn't mean people like, what city is the show set in? Like, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, there was, there was something out there. Yeah. So let's do our socials proper. And there might be some more entertainment afterwards. So stay tuned. <laughs> Because you always skip this. Because you don't know the socials and I'm bored. Like, this isn't a bit anymore. It's, it's just boring. It's never a bit. It's just boring. I, think, yeah. I still think we should just record them as a clip and hit play. Yeah, and, and then... that's when people would turn off. This is why we do this. But they've got to turn off at some point. We can't just live do. stream them constantly. But this is why we do this bit. Because I want them to hear the socials and actually interact with us. Not just go, oh, the socials are playing. I can turn it off now. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's the whole point that's why we try to weave it into the narrative so it becomes something they they hear rather than skipping well our patreon is watching friends yeah that's easy patreon no. watching friends yeah there we oh, go yeah. patreon.com forward slash watching friends you, well. you don't need that anymore and also you can find us at facebook and twitter well if twitter is still alive by the time you hear this uh, at Watch Friends Pod, so you can find it when we release new episodes and when we do Patreon stuff. Uh, slowly trying to get back to some normality here with our episodes. And also, you can write to us at watchingfriends.com. There's a little contact form there. You can send us an email. You know, we want to hear your thoughts on episodes and your opinions and stuff. We love to read them out and discuss them. Like it's, you know, I think me and Ryan mostly share very similar opinions about the show. Uh, this episode, not so much. But it's always good to have like other people's thoughts. Uh, and, and what they've got out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's well, we we are in sync quite a lot. It, it's nice not to be, because it's it's more interesting conversation. And, I'm, you know, I'm sure there were listeners out there that are like, oh, my God, like, Ryan's take on this is actually stupid. And, you know, tell me, tell us, let us know. Yeah. Or if you do agree, then, I mean, I, we, everyone likes being told they're right. But And, and if you want an episode of Tangents, um, I'm sure I can put Ryan in a room by himself and he can talk for a few hours. Yeah, just just, <laughs> just talk at a microphone. Yeah, just go. I jump into bushes and my eyes will go around when I listen to podcasts. You and just, I love Nando's. I'm never going to hear the end of my... No, you're not. Oh, you're he's not, in a podcast. Not, so, uh, yeah, do you, do you want to end it now? You, you you can turn off the podcast now. I think Ryan's about to end it. I think, <laughs> think you're, you're good, to, good to turn it off. <laughs> that Mark's satisfied. <laughs> it's a cheerio from me. Goodbye, everyone.